Wonderful. Uh, did we all enjoy Christmas? I can see. And you are all full, right? Lots of techies. I'm sure I can guess what is in our stomachs. Uh, we thank God, as always, we say this is the day that the Lord has made will rejoice and be glad in it. Um, our God is a good shepherd. Uh, he leads us beside the still waters. He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Our God is a strong tower. The rushes run to him and they are safe. Hallelujah, church. Um, let me pray. I know Mark has prayed, many people have prayed, but I'll pray again. Thank you, Holy Spirit, as I stand right now in front of your children. I'm just a vessel. Use me, Lord, to speak to your children. Let your word uh, make sense in the name of Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray, anointing of God, that as I preach, you minister to each and, each and every individual. You address each and every specific problem or challenge or for those who need encouragement, let them be encouraged through that small, still voice of the Holy Spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray for those who might have been feeling depressed or discouraged that as they hear your word, as, they, as we have been worshiping, they return home not the same, but they would say, yes, today I went to church and I met with the Lord. I felt his presence. He comforted me. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. I extend against every high thing that stands against the preaching of your word in any form or in any way. And we pull down every stronghold that stands against the preaching of your word. In Jesus' mighty name, after everything, Lord, be exalted. Let the name of Jesus, the powerful name of Jesus, be lifted high. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Uh, I just want to th continuously thank you as a church uh, for always giving me time to come and share the word of God uh, to you. There are lots of people, amazing ministers of the word in this place. Uh, people who can prepare and come up with amazing demonstrations and get the message and it sticks into the brain. But thank you that you can still award an opportunity to listen to me too. I thank you so much as the church. I want to thank the leadership for this opportunity. Allow me also, I know they don't like being put on spotlight, but I have my father-in-law and my mother-in-law at the back there. May you please raise your hands. And our awesome grandmother there, the miracle worker, you can put your way. <laughs> they, they have been so supportive, encouraging. Let me not get carried away. The title of my sermon today is, I don't know, I was trying to look to see if it's put on the screen. Mark usually tries to put it in a better way so that it makes sense. I just usually throw my topics, or oh, it's not there. Okay, no problem, no problem. So the title of my sermon today is called Hungry, Thirsty, 
and desperate for God's presence. I'll repeat that again. Hungry, thirsty, and desperate for God's presence. You know, when I was preparing for this, I was, uh, I was laughing. I was like, ah, it's Christmas time. People are eating a lot of things. And probably no one is hungry right now. No one is thirsty because people are just been eating and sharing food and eating, you know? And then here am I coming with this uh, type of sermon this morning. Uh, let me maybe not assume. Let me just check a few things. Have you ever been hungry at any point in your life? Show by raising your hand. Oh, okay, good. So you probably understand what I'm trying to say. Have you ever been thirsty at any point in your life? Oh, lovely. Here's another one. Have you ever been desperate? Okay, good. So this is good. Right. Uh, is there a way I can get this up a little bit? Yes. Yeah. I, I want Yes. A little bit. A, bit, a little bit more. Yes, better. Right. So I'm happy to see that there's quite a number of people uh, who have been one way or the other have been Hungry, thirsty, or desperate? Here is my other interesting question. What do you do when you're hungry? If I had time, I wanted to ask everyone, because you get a lot of, especially the strange things, the crazy things that people do when they're hungry. You know, I'll tell you a few that I know. I'll start with my wife. My wife taught me a, a new word that I didn't know. She's like, listen, when I'm hungry, I become hangry. Yes, right. Hello, have you ever heard of that? I was like, what does that mean? She was like, wait <laughs> until I'm hungry. <laughs> and then there's somebody who likes experimenting. I made it happen, and I'm trying to make sure it doesn't happen again, because she got really hangry. And I was confused. And then she explained that it becomes a combination of what we call hungry and angry. And then she gave it the word hangry. Well, as young parents, we have come to learn a very good lesson that children cry all the time when they are hungry. I have also come to know that some people, despite, depending on the level of your hungry, or thirst, some people might end up committing petty crimes. Maybe stealing somebody's juice box at school. Maybe stealing somebody's food. Uh, maybe Canadians are perfect people, don't do that. But I quickly reflected on my days back at school. I was like, yeah. I remember some of the small things that I used to see my friends doing. Not me, not me. Don't look at me as if a thief. Right, right. But I've also heard of, in the Bible, of a man who sold his birthright as a result of being hungry and thirsty. If you read in the book of Genesis, chapter 25, verse 29 to 34, we probably all know of a, of, of a young man called Esau, who when he went home and he was very hungry, and he found his brother Jacob preparing a some food, you know, and he was like, I am famished. Please give me some of this food. And then uh, his brother said, no, 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 no. I can only give you my food on condition that 
you sell your birthright to me. Right, so you realize that when people are hungry and thirsty, they might do things that they never expected. You might find yourself having something that is in, within you coming out and we're like, is that really Joe? Angela will be like, are you really my husband? I never thought you were like this. Why? Because at that point, you're no longer in control. Your body is pushing you, right? The systems of your body are pushing you. They're saying, water, 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 food, 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 you know? And you start doing things that you never thought you would do. Let me tell you a funny story that once happened to me. I don't know whether this story will make, a sense, will make sense, but I'll try to cut it nicely so that it makes sense. I had my uncle. He was driving uh, from one city to another. And then he says to me and my cousin, so we're going to visit his rural home, which is probably something, you have rural homes in Canada, but they are not typical African rural homes. So he says, oh, you know what, guys? I can cut um, the journey for you, and you can save money. I'm going to work so I can drive you halfway, drop you somewhere in the highway, and then you can catch a bus and pay half a fare. We are great. So we went. Oh, excited to visit the rural area, so happy. And we didn't pack anything because, oh, we thought the bus was going to come on schedule. Everything was going to, you know, happen. So then we, he dropped us, I think it was like maybe 5 a.m. in the morning in the middle of nowhere. And then 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. The bus was nowhere to be found. Okay? It was further where we had come from. It was too further to go where we were going. And we we're just in the middle of nowhere. And then out of the blue, this guy comes and says, oh, I was also waiting for the bus the other end, but I'm told that today it's going to use another route. So you guys, we have to walk so that we catch it at another point. And then we're like, walk. I was like, yeah. We're like, okay. My cousin says, okay. She was older and I was still doing primary school or middle school in this case. So then we started walking. Remember, we had dropped there by five, no food, expecting the bus would arrive on time. And then we started walking. And then I started feeling hungry. I've ne I, I never forget that story. I never forget that experience. I started feeling thirsty. So I was carrying a backpack and some bags, you know. We had brought some groceries, some things that, you know, were not cooked, that we were going to cook when we got to the rural home. We walked and walked and walked. And then my body started giving up. So the guy's like, no, can you see up there? I was like, yes. They were showing me what I later learned is called a mirage. That's like, that is where the water is, so let's keep going. You know how a mirage or a mirage works? The more you move towards it, the further it goes away. And I came to learn that day, we walked 23 kilometers involuntary. I know there are many people who like walking, who are great walkers, but I walked 23 kilometers that I had not planned for. No food, no water. The only thing we were carrying, I remember, it was like cooking oil or something like that. And I was at any point, can I please drink the cooking oil? And they were like, 
no, it doesn't work. No matter how thirsty you are, the how hungry and thirsty you are can never be filled by the cooking oil. I don't remember how I got to the place where we finally found the bus because I was carried half of the journey. I must have fainted there. That's the story. So, it means, what, what does it mean? I'm just telling us about things that we experience or things that happen to us as people in our daily life when we are hungry, when we are thirsty, or when we are subjected to those moments of, 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 being, of, of feeling like that or, in, in, or in, when you find yourself in that kind of situation. But what does it mean to be hungry and thirsty for God? Does it mean you need to get hungry? No. It doesn't mean that. I'll read a scripture here. Uh, David say, uh, says, uh, in fact, uh, David says in Psalm 63 verse 1, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I will seek you. My inner self thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you and is faint for you in a dry and weary land where no water is. Right? And then if you read in the book of Philippians chapter 3 verse 10, Paul says, you know Paul was a great guy. He, had, he wrote about two-thirds of the New Testament. He says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and fellowship of his sufferings and being made conformable in, unto his death. Right. So what does it mean to us as a church to be hungry and thirst? It means we want more of God in our life. It means we, we, we need more of his presence in our lives. It means when we come as a church and when we gather to worship him like this, we, we are endlessly seeking his face. We are endlessly seeking his presence through the power of the Holy Spirit to come and fill us, to come and satisfy our deeper desire to know him and to grow in him more. Right? Hello, church? Yes. Are we still together? Yes. Right. So that, that is what it means. I thought I should explain. That, that, that's what it means. Just like as we hunger and thirsty for, for food and water as human beings, and this is our right, and this is something we should have every day, that's the same thing we should do for God. You know, if you cannot live without a bottle of water, that's how we should want God in our lives. If you cannot live maybe without eating your favorite food, I don't know, whatever, that, that makes you feel Ah, good, after eating it. That is the same drive that we must when we come to church to worship him. That is the same drive that we must have when we wake up in the morning and say, Oh God, how excellent is your name. Early in the morning, I'll seek you. Or then when you wake up and say, Bless the Lord. All my soul and all that is within me, bless his holy name. We, we, we must have that hunger in the, as, 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 as the children of God. We must not just walk 
willingly in the church or we must not just come and be in the church and just feel okay but we must have that desire to know him you know paul had so many encounters with god he had gone through thick and thin with god he had experienced a lot of things and he had he had previously persecuted Christians, God saved him, and he had seen all the different things God could do. But yet Paul comes and says, that I may know him, and the power that made him resurrect from the dead. This is the kind of church that God is looking for, a church that is hungry, a church that is thirsty for him. Uh, one of the things I was taught growing up is that each and every person who has a special gap in our hearts, we have a special gap in our heart, that cannot be filled by anything. It can only be filled by God. It's a special place that God holds in our lives. That's why some people run away from the church and try to find other ways to fill it. But that's not it. It's a place, it's a special place where the Lord must come and dwell inside of us. Why is it important, maybe you're asking yourself, or why should we hunger and thirst for God? I just have a few points that I want us to talk about. Number one, it enables us to grow, develop, and mature in our spiritual walk. If you read in the, in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14, it says, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching. You know, so when we hunger and thirst for God, he, he comes and he dwells in us. We, you, you feel it. I know there are people here who have been walking with the Lord for 30 years, 40 years. Some of us are still juniors, you know. It, God comes and dwells in you. God develops roots in you. Have you ever seen a huge tree? Beautiful tree. And you, when, when you're looking, oh, that's, that, what a gigantic tree that is. And then just if wind comes, whoosh, blows it, and then you see the tree toppled. And you wonder, what just happened? I thought that tree was big. Why? It would not have developed the roots. So as the children of God, we need to develop deep roots. And only that can we can only achieve that through hungering and thirsting. I'm sure when you are seeing these trees that have their roots deep, they grow because they are, they are thirsty for more water. So they begin to spread deep down, looking for water. They are hungry. They are looking for food. Why? They want to sustain the plant. They want the plant to grow big. You know, and I'll read another scripture in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. It says, In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. I'm very careful with this scripture. I am not saying... Uh, people at Christ Central are infants. Please don't misquote me. But the Bible is saying, you know, when, 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 we, when we hunger and thirst for God, we grow, we develop. And 
If 10 years ago, you were still struggling to understand the basics of, of what the Bible means, what does it mean to be a Christian, you should not be experiencing that even up to now. It would worry me if Zoe, after five years, she still wants to breastfeed. I'll be like, oh, what is wrong with my child? Why? We all expect, those who have children, we all expect our children to grow. So it is for us as the children of God. We must grow. We cannot remain as infants. We cannot remain taking milk. We need to graduate and take solids. And I love how babies do it. When that time comes, you try and give them milk, they don't want it. They tell you, no, I want solids. We are at that stage now. She started long back with our baby. She just turned one year just recently. She no longer likes some of the food that we used to give her. She knows, no, this one was okay for that time. Now I want this type of food. That's the church that God is looking for. A church that when we come to, the, to his house, when you wake up in the morning, oh, you say, I am so hungry for you, God. This doesn't need you to, to, be, to, be, to have many distinctions or to be connected to, to... You just say, oh God, here am I. Take my heart, here am I, with your family at home or on your own. Just say, oh, I want to know you. You know, I, I, I want to grow. You, you, you study his word. I'm happy that the message comes at the time when we have been talking about the formation, intentional formation, you know, and when we're talking about the Holy Spirit, that for those things to be realized in the church, for those things to be, to start happening, it won't take people who are just going to say, oh, that was a wonderful word, but remain on the same spot. It takes somebody who's like, I'm hungry. I want to experience this. I want to grow. I don't want to be a child. I don't want to be being taught elementary things. I want to develop. I want to experience more of God. I want to have deeper roots. The second thing that I want to touch on or talk about is we draw the power of God in our lives. If you read the book of Luke, chapter 8, verse 45 to 46, you know, it was interesting. I don't know how many of you know this story, but there's a woman there. Let me just read 45 to 46. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. Right? But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that because power has gone out of me. I don't know how many of us know the story, but this was the story of a woman who was uh, bleeding for many years. And then when she heard that Jesus was passing by, she was in a desperate situation. She was in a desperate state. And she knew by the, because of the times and the culture at that point that she was not allowed to mingle with other people. But then she said to herself, if I can only touch the hem of his garment and then I'll be healed. Desperation. Look at somebody, just look at somebody next to you and smile at them. Say, are you desperate? I like that. She was so desperate. Everything was working against her. 
She wasn't allowed to mix with the people. But she said, I just want to touch the hem of his garment. Hello, church. There are people in other places who are not allowed to worship God. I once touched about that in my, one of my sermons. There are people in other places that are not allowed to proclaim the name of Jesus. And when they get that 30 minutes, you just pray to God. They give it up their best. But we have the time now. Who knows? It might soon go away. But let's be desperate for his presence. You know, when, 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 when we come here in, in, in Africa, we usually give this example. Oh, everyone does fire anyway. You know, when, when we, we must be like dry wood for fire. You know, when, when we come and you put the wood together, when all the logs are dry, they catch fire to, faster. But if some of it is still wet, it begins to produce carbon monoxide and other toxic gases. But if we become a church, that is an attitude that this woman had. Oh my goodness, we'll begin to see wonders. You know, Jesus is, is surrounded just like many people are praising. Today it's a Sunday, many churches are worshiping. But God must say, no, no, up there in the heavens, who touched me? And, the, and then the angels will say, but God, we are bowing down and up, worshiping you. What are you talking about? God will say, something is happening at Christ Central. Why? Because there are people who are desperate for God's presence. It should be our lifestyle. It should be our everyday thing. How many of us like coffee here? How would you feel if we were to withdraw coffee away for, for, for I can see if someone is already knocking. Don't you, don't you dare. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. How would you feel if we withdrew coffee from you for one week? That's how you feel. Your body will tell you, right? You feel like bending this arm. You feel like, I don't know what gymnastics you will do as a result of not having coffee. That's the same thing that we need. We need a church that is hungry. We need a church that is desperate. We need people who are saying, we are going to draw the power of God. Hallelujah, church. You know, if you also read in the first book of Samuel, chapter 1, verse 13, I have a lot of scriptures, by the way. I hope you are keeping up. There was a woman who was called Hannah. The Bible clearly says that the Lord had shut her womb. She could not bear children, but she says, no ways. She went and cried to God, cried to God, cried to God, until the priest early said, hey, woman, stop your drinking habits. She's like, no. I am not drunk, but I'm pouring my heart to God. That's the church that God is looking for. He says the time has come and now is the time when the true worshipers shall worship him in spirit and in truth. That's the kind of church we should be in seeking God. And then the third thing I want to talk about is we become a church after God's heart. For those of you who know the scripture, you're already thinking, is taken from the God experiences with David. We know that David was a guy who took somebody's wife and put a man in the Berkeley front so that he, he could be killed. He's a man who committed two offenses at the same time while he was king. 
took someone's wife and put the guy in the battlefront so that he could be killed. But this is the same man that God in the Bible that he says he was a man after his own heart. I don't know what could be some of our experiences we have had in life, things that when you look back you feel, oh, I don't deserve this, I've messed up so much, I am unworthy. Hey, have you ever killed somebody? Have you ever taken somebody's wife or husband? Here's a man who did it. But God still said, he's a man who is after my heart. Why? He's the same man who writes in Psalm 42, verse 1 to 2. He said, as a deer pants for the waters, so my soul longs for you. Why? Because David, he knew he had shortcomings. He knew he had fail, failings. He knew he didn't do well. But that never stopped him from pursuing God. Hello, church? Should be that kind of a church. Don't feel, don't have that inferiority complex. Don't have that things, you know, the baggage that the devil tries to bring to you just to make you feel sorry and say, oh, I am nothing. Say, yes, God, I come before you. I, I've, I've met many blunders. I, I'm not perfect. Even the one who's preaching in front of you is not perfect. But hey, God, I know you're also a loving God. You're a loving Father. Oh, I want you. This is what David says. If you read in Acts 13, verse 22, it, it says, after removing Saul, he made David their king. God testified. Hey, listen to this. God testified concerning him. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. This is the version of my Bible that I'm reading. So I'm here to encourage us, church, that this is the time when we need to seek God. We need to say, God, we want to have amazing experiences with you. We want to have encounters with you. We are gathered as, you, as your church. It's all about you. This is, sometimes I wish I can sing. We just need to say, all I need is you, Lord. Is you, Lord. All I need is you. And forget all of your troubles for 30 minutes, one hour. Forget that COVID exists and say, all I need is you, Lord. Is you, Lord. All I need is you. Forget what your friends have said about you. They might have called you and not worth it or, you know, what's a, and just say, all I need is you, Lord. Is you, Lord. All I need is you. That's the church that God is looking for. A church that is hungry. A church that is thirsty. A church that is desperate. A church that will unlock his power. Then when, 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 when you know, 
when, when, when they're in the heavens there, what's happening, the glories of heaven, when they know all the, the brethren of Christ, the, the church, Christ Central Church is gathering on a Sunday, that the heavens, the angels, everyone is ready to pour out the blessings. Why? Because there are people who are just hungry for God, who are ready to draw God's power down. It's a church that is after God's heart. Church that seeks after him. Let us pray. May I please invite you to stand? If you read the book of Amos, it says, There shall come a time when there shall be a hunger for God, where people will run all over the place just seeking. To hear the word of God. I pray that as a church, we start doing that so that in the future we are not under pressure. There shall come that time. It's going to come soon when people will be like, oh, we cherish those moments when we could just sit and hear the word of God. But those moments are gone. But we want to be there and say, we're here standing, representing Christ. Maybe I can ask you, Joe, to just come and pray. If we can, church, if it's okay with you, uh, just raise your hand. Uh, we just want to pray that God puts this deeper hunger inside of us, deeper desire for Him, longing, yearning, whatever word you best understand. I'll hand over to Charles. Yes, Lord, we just pray that right now, Lord, we ask God, we just say, Lord, we need you to want more of you. So we just say, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you put a desire in us to ask for more of you? Would you Thank do you it, Lord? Lord? We just say, Lord, we need you, God, to want you more. So God, we pray, Lord, wake us up. God, yes. move by your Holy sure, Spirit, Lord. On, make right. us even more hungry and thirsty and desperate yes. for you. God, that we would call upon your great name, Lord, that we yes, would see you Lord. come in power. God, that you would be glorified and loved more and sure, worship more and honored more. God, we pray, Lord, as a church, Lord, we just say, God, that we, Lord, aren't as hungry, Lord, as we should be or want to be. But God, we need yes, you, God, in your loving kindness, Lord, in your yes. mercy, Lord. Draw us even closer to you, yes, Lord, we pray. Jesus. Lord, let it be so, God, we pray for your glory, Lord, for our good, but Lord, for the good and for the sake of others, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.